0: Can I tell you the church has been so focused on what won't work, we quit looking at what will work. Now let me tell you what will work, the blood of Jesus. You know how I know? My salvation is dependent upon the blood of Jesus Christ. How about yours? And so if the blood of Jesus will save me, it will heal me, it will deliver me, it will set me free.
1: Life is filled with decisions and choices that affect who we are and what we do. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, am I part of the problem or a part of the solution? If you're like the rest of us, chances are you've been a part of both throughout your lifetime. In today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason begins a new series that reminds us to be passionate about Jesus and focused on the eternal things of life in order to be part of God's solution.
0: The church is being the church. You see if you go back in 1 Corinthians you'll find out that he talks about praying for people, he talks about speaking in tongues, he talks about signs, wonders, and miracles, he talks about letting people stand up and prophesy and preach and share. A lot of churches don't do that, but I promise you it's a New Testament church. That's where you go and that's where you find it. And it's outlined, Paul outlined it for us. And so, what we're doing may not fit with what you, what what you're used to, but I promise you it is biblical from start to finish. This morning I've talked to you about the church being the church, and so what I want to ask you is this question: Are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? Woo, Ask the person next to you: Are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? Uh huh. Okay. I remember when I was like 26, 27 years old, I was working with my dad, and. Uh, my brother and I both were working for him and we were trying to increase sales. We were trying to do some things to stimulate business a little more and daddy kept coming in and saying, we need to do this and Brick and I would say, that won't work. And so he'd come in and he'd say, we need to do this and Brick and I would say, that won't work. And over and over and over and after about a day of this, he came in one day, if you've ever seen my daddy exasperated and he can get exasperated, he looked at us and he said, I tell you what boys, I don't want to hear that one more time. He said, don't tell me what won't work. You tell me what will work. I don't want to hear anything else. But can I tell you, the church has been so focused on what won't work, we quit looking at what will work. Now let me tell you what will work, the blood of Jesus. You know how I know? My salvation is dependent upon the blood of Jesus Christ. How about yours? And so if the blood of Jesus will save me, it will heal me, it will deliver me, it will set me free. And so I want to know, I want to be part of The solution. I ended last week preaching by saying the Father is looking for a church that will stand in agreement with the Son and pray for the full manifestation of the will of God on earth. In order to do that, you've got to be passionate about Jesus. You see, what happens is we don't have that passion, we're not burning, we grow lukewarm. I like what Rodney had to say. Rodney made this statement. He said, you know, he wasn't thankful. He, he, he let his mind slip and just took for granted what God's doing. How many of you take him for granted what God is doing? It's a good question. And then how many of you are passionate about it? How many of y'all woke up this morning? If you woke up this morning, raise your hand. The rest of you, will be having memorial services next week. You know, you ought to be thankful you woke up in the morning. Why? Man, I'm telling you what. So I want to wake up with a thankful heart, a thankful spirit. I want to be passionate about what God is doing. I want to open my eyes, and the first thing I want to say is, God, what are we going to do today? Most people only invoke the name of Jesus when they need something. I I don't want to be like that. I'm not saying I don't ever do that, but I don't want to be that way. The second thing it takes is complete devotion. You can't have a divided heart. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. One foot in the kingdom. Let me take out the word church. Let me put kingdom. You can't straddle the fence. And there are too many people that want to walk straddle-legged. They want to keep one one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the the earth. They They want all that God has to offer and all that the world has to offer too. Make up your mind. Get in or get out. The Bible says that if you straddle the fence, you are lukewarm. God has no place for lukewarmness. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a fact. It's not what Eddie says. That's what the book of Revelation says. He said he would spew you out of his mouth. And so we want to be devoted. The next thing it calls is selflessness. Woo. I'm going to tell you something. That's something that we have to put on the altar every day, or I do. I'm selfish. I go with God and I go, God, what's going on in my life? He said, you're selfish. I go, God, I'm doing better. He said, you're still selfish. I said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. I said, we dealt with that last year and the year before and the year before and the year before. And I said, God, am I still selfish? He said, you better believe it. Sound like Colleen Treywood. You better believe it. God tells me that. He He says, you're selfish, Eddie. You know how I know I'm selfish? I consider what will happen to me rather than consider what God's asking. How does this fit in with my plan? How does this fit in with my life? How does this fit in with what I'm going to do? And God, if it fits in, we'll do it. If it doesn't, we won't. That's selfishness. And finally, we got to want what God wants. We've got to be like Jesus and say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. How many of you really want the will of God to take place? You see, the disciples didn't understand what the will of God was. Jesus kept telling them what the will of God was and they wouldn't accept it. They didn't want him to die. They wanted him to stay right there. They didn't understand what his kingdom was all about. And because they didn't understand what his kingdom was about, they didn't understand what he was saying. And so when he was crucified, many of them went back to what they were doing before. They couldn't hold on. Although they had walked for three years with the Son of God on the planet, they could not hold on because they wanted what they wanted, not what the will of God was. Now we're talking about people that left their life, absolutely gave everything away so that they could follow Jesus Christ, but they were still very selfish. Why? Why? Because they wanted what they wanted. They wanted Jesus to step out of the role of a servant. They wanted him to step into the role of the king. They wanted him to defeat Rome. They wanted him to come in and raise up an army. They wanted the kingdom of David, not the kingdom of God. The problem is we want the kingdom of the world, not the kingdom of God in the earth. We have learned the ways of, of the world, and because we've learned the ways of the world, we think blessings come from worldly from a worldly perspective. Am I making sense to you at all? What we've been talking about this morning is, God, I want to do what you want me to do. You're sitting down at the restaurant, and the Lord said, I want you to go pray for that man over here. No, God, I don't want to do that. Why? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. God said, go, go, go there and I'll show up. I had one of the boldest proclamations I've ever had with, with a lady we prayed for this week. It was amazing to watch what God had done as we were praying with her. This was at lunch and she was the waitress and she took nearly a half hour at our table. And it wasn't me talking. She was the one doing the talking. I told her, I said, I promise you this. If you'll come see me, I'll get somebody to pray. And in two hours, I promise you, your world will be turned upside down. I walked away and I said, I promise you? I promise you? I said, okay, God, you're on the hook. I've given given this woman your word. I want what God wants more important so what does God want let me tell you the biggest error we make we think we know what God wants it's pretty simple he wants what we want right (laughs) no well he says he'll give me the desires of my heart he said he'll give you the desire of your heart well what's the desire of your heart him You think God wants to give you garbage? The thing we hold most valuable, he's paving the streets in heaven with. He said gold ain't nothing but pavement. It's worthless. You love gold, I want you to love me. I want you to love my kingdom. And so in order to know what God wants, how many of you know God's got a plan? You know what his plan is? His plan is to release justice in the earth. In order for Him to release justice in the earth, that means judgment will come on the earth. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's plan is judgment. And we go, no, 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 that's a loving God. That's because we don't understand His ways. He has not come to judge people, He has come to judge the enemy. And if people are on the side of the enemy, they will be judged as well. He He said, those that choose not, those that don't choose Jesus... Or condemned already. They've condemned themselves because He's made a way to come to Him. And He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so He's telling us straight up, choose me. His ways are not our ways. Isaiah 55.8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Whoo, I sure am glad. Aren't you? Because there's just somebody, some people I just go, Just go to hell if you want to. Somebody, somebody, somebody like, oh, Eddie, I'm too holy for that. Come on, tell the truth and shame the devil. Isn't that what they say? Just tell the truth. That's the truth. And Jesus said, I don't give up on them. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't give up on you? Amen. Me too. And so we want to grab hold of this idea that His ways are not our ways. Before we can get an answer to what does God want, we need to make a few changes. Turn turn to your neighbor and say, you need to change. Isn't that what you came to hear this morning? At least I didn't tell you you were wrong. I said you got to change. We need to change the way we think. We need to change the way we talk. And we need to change the way we act. Josh said they didn't know they are Christian. You know why they called them Christians? Because of the way they thought, the way the way they talked, and because of the way they acted. How about that? Do you talk, walk, do you walk, talk, and act like a Christian? Do you think like God thinks? Let me answer that question for you. Not yet. But you can if you want to. Isn't that good? Changing the way we think. We also need to believe God hears and answers our prayers. Isn't that what we've been saying this morning? God hears your prayer. Turn to the person that next to you and say, God hears you. Now people get mad because they He doesn't do what they want Him to do. Selfishness. Can I tell you, I've prayed some prayers lately that have been answered so quick it scares me. I don't even get the phone hung up or get through praying and I hear change is taking place. I've been praying for some people for several years now, and all of a sudden there is some shaking going on in their lives. They thought they had everything under control, and now all of a sudden their control is being shaken. And because their control is being shaken, they're crying out, they're looking for the right answers. God's been shaking their cradle. And he's saying, it's not what you think. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now, we want people to be in a comfort zone, and so we don't want anybody's world to ever be shaken. Come on, let's get real. Let's get real. You're not going to change unless something shakes in your world. You're comfortable with where you live. something's got to start shaking before you start getting willing, willing to change. The majority of time we just aren't willing to change. We've settled into old habits. We've, t- we've settled we settle into old thinking patterns. We settle into a way we talk and we, and when we act. You know, we we look at the way we act and we we want to know do we glorify God? We need to know God's hearing our prayers. We need to know God's God's within us. We need to change the way we think. Romans 12.2 said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What did he say? Renew your mind so you you can know what God wants. Isn't that what that scripture says? That's Eddie's translation. He said, You will know the will of God, what is both good and acceptable. What's of God? He said, how? they will change in the way you think. Peter says, Jesus, I'm not going to let anybody touch you. I will die before I let you die. Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. You're thinking like Satan. Aren't you glad you came today? How many times do we take on the persona of the enemy rather than listen to the Holy Spirit of God? Something starts shaking. We've been praying about, it and we go, "God, this can't be you." Why, why not? Why not? God shakes up things for people He loves. He won't let them lay in their, their death bed and just lay there. He shakes what they're in. Jesus said he would shake everything. That could be shaken. We need to think in terms of life and death. We're so hung up on right and wrong. Did I do this right or did I do this wrong? You know, can, can, let me just tell you something. My daddy. nobody got a hat on, Heather? My daddy. Who got a hat on? Okay, nobody got a hat on. Good. My daddy sees that as a total sign of disrespect. Isn't that right, daddy? You wear a hat in the house, it's a sign of disrespect. You know, because I, you know why? His daddy taught him that. His, his daddy was taught by his daddy that that was a sign of disrespect. As a matter of fact, my daddy tells me my granddaddy walked into the house with a mortarboard. Y'all know what a mortarboard is. When he graduated from medical college, he walked in the house with a, med- with a, with a mortarboard and my great granddaddy knocked him down. And he told him he would not disrespect his hat. How many think that made an impression on my daddy? Absolutely. Out of respect for my daddy, I don't wear a hat in the house. I don't wear a hat in the house whatsoever. But do you know God's got an opinion about that? Do you know what it is? You have any idea what it is? Why don't you go find out? Let's don't do it because it's just tradition. Let's find out what God has to say about those things and so we need to think in terms of life and death do you know if you wear you if you wear a hat in the house it's not going to bring death but we worry about things that are not in the uh, in the realm of life or death we, do, we worry about that all the time when i was growing up did you right eat with the right fork and the right spoon so when i was a kid i just it down fast as i could get it well, is there something to manage there's something to respect but you've got to get God's attitude about respect and then understand how it will either bring life or how it will bring death am I making sense to you see you're always worried about right and wrong right and wrong right and wrong right and wrong God said quit that's the same tree that called Adam and Eve to fall eat from the tree of life and death you know why, you know why God is opposed to homosexuality There is no life in it. But there's also no life in those those people standing up there holding those signs saying, God hates you, you're going to hell. Who's that going to win to Jesus Christ? That's not the heart of the Father. Consider what Jesus would do. Focus more on the eternal than on what's happening in the present. All we can see is what's right in front of us. How many of you know how much money you got in the bank account? Come on, don't lie to me. Come on, how much money, you, how many of you know? How many of you know? Come on. Uh, I believe there's more than three of you know how much money you got in the bank account. I know. Of course, with it's in the single digits, it's not hard to know. You know what I'm saying? but. And then we start figuring out how much money we got coming in. How many of you know what you get paid for your paycheck? How many of you know that that we limit God? I had no idea I was getting a check today. My bank account gets to get off a single digit. Amen? (laughs) Did you ask for it? Did you plan for it? Nope. But I tell you what, God knows. God knows. I look at him every so often and say, God, you ain't got $5 in the account. What you gonna do about it? And you know, sometimes he said, I'm gonna teach you a lesson. What do you mean? You've been throwing it away? You haven't considered it? I am gonna teach you what it means. Uh-oh, we don't, bounce any che- we don't bounce checks anymore in my house. We used to do that. But every once why while, we bounce what's called an automatic bank draft. Cost me 35 bucks. I go, oh my goodness! I started to move my, my little bit of savings over to my checking so they wouldn't do that, but I decided I'd just eat my savings up if I did that. And why? Are you, why are you telling me this? Because I only place I can look is what's happening today. Let me ask you this question: How much money is going? Is God going to bless you with tomorrow, next week? next month next year so why you want to worry about what's going on right now be diligent but why you want to worry my brother will here he'd tell you through my lifetime I have opened my mailbox and thousands of dollars have come in well Eddie if people know you're a preacher four motor companies sent me a check for two thousand dollars John Hancock sent me a check for $4,800. Well, Eddie, they owed it to you. No. I had a, an engine blow up on a Lincoln and Ford paid me. I had an insurance policy that they decided they didn't want to be a mutual company anymore. They wanted to be a regular uh, own company. And so they sent me a check for $4,800 to buy my policy back and still had me insured. Eddie, did you plan on that? No. I get checks all the time from different people. Different companies, not people. 30, 40, 50 bucks. How about you? Do you ever have money come in that you don't expect? Well, then if you, are, if you don't, you need to turn your expector on. I'm telling you, some of y'all are wrong. I mean, it, what, I, can I tell you about prayers? I just want to talk about how you think. I had that conversation this morning. I looked at a couple of bills. And I said, God, you know I don't have enough money to pay that bill right now. You know what he said? You would have if you hadn't spent it all on vacation. I said, Lord, but I asked you if I could go on vacation, and you said, yeah. He said, but I didn't tell you to buy five shirts while you were on vacation. (laughs) That would have paid that bill. Okay, Lord, I learned the lesson. Okay, you really learned that lesson? No, but I'd like to, Jesus. I'd really love to. So you get blessed. All right, so I want to talk about how I think. I want to change the way I think. I want to think eternally. I don't want to think what's happening right this minute. I've got to deal with what's happening right this minute, but I don't have to think about it. I don't have to dwell on that. I would rather begin to say, God, how are you going to change this? Lord, you know the mess I've gotten myself into. How are you going to get me out of this mess? And he may be saying, it may be a little painful, but it'll get out. When I was a kid, I'd get in trouble. The first person I wouldn't tell was my daddy. Why? I may get in a little trouble with my daddy, but my daddy was going to start working on the solution immediately. But I had to be willing to go to him and say, God, I messed this up. Daddy, I messed this up. We need to move in that position. And then we need to w- watch how we act. We got to act differently. God's called us into a place to where we act like we worship. What do you mean? Just turn to your neighbor and say, is everything you do, everything you say, bring glory to God? Then you need to repent if it does not. Well, Eddie, that's impossible. Really? Really? No, the Bible says if you sin. And what most of us don't realize is that losing our temper with people is sin. Gossip is sin. Being anxious is sin. Don't get under condemnation now. God doesn't think like we think. And so, what I want to do, I want to run to my daddy and say, God, this is where I am. Father, this is where I am. I'm consumed with anxiety. You want me to do something about it? Yeah, please. Please do something about it. Then you've got to trust me. Do you trust God? You know, the older you get, the closer you come to that point of being with Jesus. And you realize you've wasted a lot of time. I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste any more time. I want want all that Jesus has for me. And I want to be like a little kid. I want to ask him for everything. I let him sort out the request and say yes or no. He's my God. But more than that, He's my daddy. He loves me. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. I'm convinced of one thing beyond anything else God is good. Doesn't matter what's going on, doesn't matter what people say about Him. In my heart, God is good. Not everything in my life has been perfect, but I'm a blessed man my God is good. Lift your hands with me and say this, God, I'm in love with you. You are good. You are great. You are above all in all. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. A place where you are loved, accepted, and received. A place of healing. A place of prayer. A place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it.
0: It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake
1: you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.